Hey everybody, welcome back to Readers of the Right. Today we've got a big one for you. It's one of my favorite IPs, is Warhammer 40k. We're going to talk about where to start if you want to read it, why you should read it, and all of the cool stuff it's got going on. It's one of the broadest IPs in existence with 175 books, and it ties into video games, TV, uh, a lot of big upcoming TV stuff that, that Henry Cavill's working on, as well as a whole breadth of a universe of wargaming as well. So stick with us after the jump and we'll get into it. So I'm sure you guys have seen me posting a lot about my adventures with wargaming, especially Warhammer 40k, what I like about it, which armies I take. I'm even repping my Space Marines faction right now with this White Scars hoodie that is just awesome. One of my favorite hoodies of all time. So what is Warhammer 40k and why should anyone care? It's something that a lot of times in the science fiction realm, I see people that aren't too sure if they want to touch it because it, it is A, it's giant. B, it's got a reputation for being a whole another step of nerdy, which is fine. Um, and C, it's very different and not as well known as some of the other massive IPs in science fiction like Star Wars and Star Trek. It hasn't had that level of public notoriety, uh, which gives it a very different relationship to a lot of readers. And that's fine. So first off, what is Warhammer 40k? Warhammer 40k was originally invented as a tabletop game for or by Games Workshop based out of the UK, which makes fantastic products. And they decided they wanted to build their game around a, a deep lore set, which comes from their time actually creating Warhammer Fantasy first, uh, which is a very, very fun war game as well. I don't play it very much because it didn't exist. At, well, it, it didn't really exist at the time. Um, and it wasn't something that I found when I was reading science fiction. Um, but with all of that, it became something much more than just a tabletop game when they started introducing more and more lore to the game, as well as more and more factions to give them what they affectionately call fluff um, is what created the Black Library. The Black Library is a collection of over 175 books that continually grows with about two or three books added to it each year, uh, sometimes more, depending on what they're working on, as well as multiple anthologies of short stories. Now they're venturing into movies and television as well. They've released several animated shows through their own means, and they're currently working with Amazon and Henry Cavill on a new TV show that we have no details on, but I am super excited about. The... The tagline for Warhammer 40k universe uh, is one of the first references in literature to Grimdark. Um, people often argue that the term Grimdark actually comes from the Warhammer 40k universe. They, it is a Grimdark universe, but in some ways it's not the same Grimdark as people are used to. Um, it is very similar to, say, Game of Thrones, 
the nature that there are no actual good guys. There will be good people, but each faction is very selfish and has their own desires and their own, me own means of completing things and sometimes have very little restraint. And that goes for every single faction, including the Imperium of Men, which is the most popular uh, because they're human. As, and every other faction as well, they have their good things, they have their good bad things. Well, some of them don't actually have good things about them. Some of them are just straight evil. But it's a fascinating world of interconnecting stories. Uh, they've also done an excellent job of not just telling one perspective. So you can see stories told from pretty much every perspective. I don't think there's been any Tyranny or Dracardi stories yet that I've seen, but every single faction has their own stories, their own loves, and their own famous characters, which allows you to connect individually with a faction that leans more to your ideology. Um, and that includes mostly the Imperium of Man. Like I said, inside there, there are dozens of different factions inside the Imperium as well as outside of it um, when it comes to humans. There's Chaos, which is the quintessential, quintessential bad guys. They're the faction that has embraced their emotions and has let it run rampant. Um, then you've got many of the other, what they call Xenos factions or alien factions that branch and stem from different places and have different skill sets. Some of them are all consuming horrors like the Tyranids. Their entire purpose is to grow and they do that by eating literally every living thing in the universe. Um, then you've got other factions like the Eldar, which are genuine, genuinely pretty good, pretty friendly. They've lived for so long that they just don't care most of the time. And they can be extremely brutal if you get in their way. But they, of the Xenos factions, are probably the friendliest. Um, the Tau are probably up there as well. But every single faction's got something unique about them. Um, one of my favorites is actually the orcs because that is where somebody created a faction where you can just basically throw the rules out. Their entire system is based on what they believe in. So in stories, you'll get a lot of very fun introductions to their abilities where they believe a certain color does a certain thing. So it does it, or they believe there's something that they're not. Well, they're now that, um, there's hundreds of stories like that, and it is just fascinating to read. It gives every single book a unique, unique story, a unique situation, and it helps that their time frame covers literally 10,000 years. So Warhammer 40K takes place 40,000 years from now. It is so far in the future that they have forgotten things that we know and they know things that we don't. So it gives very unique views on everything. A lot of the architecture and the nature is very Gothic and a lot of the structure of humanity is very different than what we know today. By the 41st millennium, they have been at war for ever. Over 10,000 years of just trying to survive. 
So human beings are very brutal. They've struggled through a lot and it makes it sometimes hard to relate to, but it mirrors our world at, at some points as well. So it allows us to make connections and to learn things and tell narratives and motives that we wouldn't be able to with a near future story. Um, and it allows us to embrace human nature in a way that is very human, yet very different than what we deal with in this modern society. Um, so now the big question, if there's 175 books in the Black Library, where do you start? So my suggestion is always The Founding by Dan Abnett. Gaunt's Ghosts is by far the most reader-friendly to start with. You don't have to know the background. You don't have to know the massive lore. It eases you in very nicely. It's basically the, sh the show Band of Brothers, the HBO TV show, in space with aliens and with chaos. And it's pretty clear who the good guys are and who the bad guys are in the story. Gaunt and the Tanith first are Imperial Guard, who are sent to clear chaos out of a large section of space that have harassed and destroyed part of space, including the warrior's homeworld of Tanith. They are now homeless and fighting for their survival. It's an excellent story with a lot of twists and turns. And the best part is each book is an individual read. So the entire series is 13 books long currently. It has amazing stories in it, but all of these stories are compartmentalized. So it's a great series to read one book, go read something else, come back to the series and just kind of eat it off piecemeal instead of having to read them all one after the other after the other, which is something that's pretty common with authors like Brandon Sanderson, where all of them are interconnected and it makes more sense to read them one after the other. More, well... Warhammer 40k in general is not that way. Each of their books is very compartmentalized and tells an entire story while being interconnected with everything else. So reading the entire thing eventually is a great idea, but you don't have to feel like you have to embrace all 175 books right now. You're not committing five years of just reading that. Um, yeah, so Gaunt's Ghosts, absolutely my first recommendation. Once you finish with Gaunt's Ghosts, there's two different directions you can go. I went one route and then pivoted to the other. So one of the things you can do is after that, or after Gaunt's Ghosts, pick a faction. Find one that fascinates you. For most people, that's Space Marines, which is why there's a lot of Space Marine books. They are superhuman soldiers that are fighting for the Imperium. And in that faction, in the Space Marines grouping, there are nine factions that are loyal to the Imperium of Man. I went with one mostly because of its connection to my family history, which is the White Scars. I absolutely love them. They are a very, very unique group that operates both like the Mongols of old, but they're also warriors of truth. They don't put up with anybody's BS ever, including the emperor. 
And they will call out anyone who is trying to hide things or deceive people at any time, including other space brain factions, the Inquisition, anyone and everyone anywhere. So it's a faction that I can very much relate with. They're very big on information collection and helping people where they can. Um, they can also be very violent and very brutal when they need to, but they're genuinely one of the better factions. Uh, one of the other ones is the Salamanders, who believe their entire purpose is to serve mankind and will go out of their way and risk their lives to protect the average person. That is not true about most other Space Marine factions. Most other Space Marine factions, when they show up, everything around them dies. They don't care who dies of the Imperial Guardians that sent to help them. They don't care if they're civilian casualties. They just destroy. Uh, and the White Scars and Salamanders tend to be a little bit more on the save-what-we-can side of the, the spectrum. There are others, like the Blood Angels, that as long as the Black Rage isn't involved, they tend to lean that way as well. So research it, see what you want to do. If you want, you can actually go the Xenos route as well. I absolutely recommend that. There's amazing orc stories. Here's a couple of recommendations. Uh, Dan Abnett, my favorite author in the Black Library, also wrote a Necron series that I haven't read yet, but I have a couple of friends who have, and they absolutely loved it. So I'll throw the first book up here as well. If you want to, go that way. I absolutely recommend it. Some of the Xenos books are spectacular books as well. Um, I don't have a lot of the physical copies yet. Most of them have been ebook and audiobook that I've read. So please check them out. Uh, the Black Library actually has an independent app as well. So if you want to go that route instead of going the typical Kindle or um, Audible route, you can do that as well. Um, the audiobooks on these are also spectacular. I absolutely recommend them. They've done an amazing job getting awesome narrators to do the stories. So if, if you go that route, that is great. Picking a faction and reading their stories is a great way to get started, especially if you want to get to tabletop. Um, tabletop, you will have to pick a faction and start. Um, collecting willy-nilly is a little bit hard unless you know someone who's getting rid of a bunch of lots and you can pay a certain amount of money to just buy everything they've got an older collector who maybe not be may not be collecting anymore or is selling off a bunch of their factions, which I will probably do after I finish this tournament, decide which one my second army is. Um, I'll probably give some away to a few people who've been playing that enjoy certain factions and then the rest I'll probably just sell besides the one that I'm keeping as secondary armies. But those factions will decide what you want to do on the tabletop. Uh, you can also look go to the tabletop find out which one and which style you want to play and then reverse it and read the stories afterwards i recommend doing both though the tabletop is so much more fun when you have the stories in the background as well and you can imagine you're controlling and ordering those characters around it it makes the game just so much more fun uh, you can also play it in a more narrative nature which i love so absolutely recommend doing that if you don't want to go that way, that's fine. You don't want to get into the tabletop. You don't have to. There's no problem with that. 
Uh, it's a very time-consuming game to be into and a, a very heavy hobby to get into along with reading. So if you don't want to go that way and you want to dive into the biggest point in all of 40K history, that is the Horus Heresy. The Horus Heresy is what kicked off the entire mess of the next 10,000 years. In the 30th millennium, so the year roughly 31,000, the emperor and his 18 sons have mostly conquered the galaxy. They've taken control of everything that was once human and are currently either working to ally with some of the Xenos or to basically wipe them off of the face of the galaxy. They are in a great place. Humankind is stable for the first time in roughly 10,000 years after a major catastrophe happened that left them all stranded on their own planets for a long, long time. They're finally actually getting to a place where they're good. Humans are growing, they're spreading, they're creating like they should, but not everyone's happy with that. About half of the Emperor's 18 sons decide they don't think their dad is doing a great job, so they decide to rebel, which is what's known as the Horus Heresies. Horus, his, the Emperor's first and favorite son, and his war master, decides to break after being tempted away by the actions of some of his his brother and their space marine factions and falls to what later becomes known as chaos. He gives into his passions and his desires, which is the base for what's known as the warp. And that corrupts him and it corrupts his brothers and leads to a massive civil war that never fully ends. Um, I'm not going to give anything away. There's about 50 books in the Horus Heresies series, uh, going from pre-Horus's fall all the way through the final battle. Um, and when I say final battle, that's one side wins, the other one goes to the exile, but neither side is completely wiped out. So I absolutely recommend the series. It's been phenomenal so far. I'm only 18 books in, and I'm slowly creeping my way through. Once again, these are compartmentalized stories. Every single book is a unique story that leads into the bigger whole. So you don't have to read them all at once. You can read one or two books here, jump over to an entirely different series. And with the year of Sanderson, that's kind of how, I, how I've been doing it. I'll read one or two heresy books, go to a Sanderson book, go to a friend's book. Like right now I'm currently re reading... Uh, the Quill and Vile by my friend Bree Moore. And then I'm going to jump back into the heresy and go back and forth. Uh, I've read a couple of Craig Allison's as well. So you don't have to feel like you have to read it all. It's just a great series to fill in the gaps with what you're reading. So I absolutely recommend Warhammer 40k and the Black Library. Please check them out. If you've got a favorite book, let me know in the comments below. I would love recommendations. Let me know if there's any other series that I didn't mention here that I should or I should read. And if you like Warhammer 40k and you want me to dive further into it, let me know if you want some faction-focused 
book recommendations. I'm happy to do them. I love reading for uh, Warhammer 40k and would love to give you guys some more detailed stories to read. So let me know in the comments below and thanks for joining.